My name is Shireen Wetmore, and I'm an attorney at Seifarth's San Francisco office. For today's episode, I have a special treat for you, not one but two fabulous guests on a charge topic that has begun making a few headlines. I'm talking about what some refer to quite controversially as child-free maternity leave, or me-ternity leave, as it was coined by former Seventeen magazine editor and author Megan Foy. Of course, parental leave is anything but a vacation, but the idea that an employee would be permitted a paid extended leave for the purpose of dealing with life has a particular appeal in these pandemic times. Then the question becomes, what is it and who gets it? During the pandemic, some companies introduce perks or benefits for parents, such as extra leave for childcare purposes, leave for dealing with crazy Zoom school, reducing or eliminating requirements from performance bonuses, or prioritizing remote work schedules based on childcare needs. But when you talk to parents, no matter what, it is not enough. And that's because during a pandemic, everything is really hard. Yet for some companies, these attempts to meet parents partway have also led to a backlash from employees without children or those whose children are no longer in the home who feel they're disproportionately taking on their colleagues' workload with no relief in sight. In fact, studies show that women without children typically bear the heaviest burden in the workplace and often work the longest hours. What's an employer to do? And how do we help avoid burnout before it's too late? Thankfully, I've brought together a dynamic pair of brilliant minds to help walk us through these issues. First, I wanna introduce Chelsea Mesa, who is an employment counseling guru based out of the Los Angeles office of Seiferth Shaw. Thank you, Shereen. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. And next, I want to welcome Ben Conley, Master of All Things Benefits from Seiferth Chicago office. Hi, Ben. Hey, thanks, Shereen. I was frantically Googling whether guru or master is a better title, and I think Chelsea <laughs> might take the cake here, but please, please be here nonetheless. <laughs> I love it. Well, both fabulous. And to get things started, Chelsea, I think I'll start with you. What are you seeing in terms of leave alternatives? And why do you think there's an interest in this right now? You know, I think the pandemic really brought to light that there are a lot of, you know, stressful things that that people have to deal with outside of work. And I think that, unfortunately, the way that leave laws and most leave policies are structured is they focus on, you know, if something's wrong with the employee, if there's a serious health condition, or if the employee has a baby. And otherwise, there's no ability for the employee to meaningfully take a pause. You know, vacations, we kind of understand, are short and and don't really give the ability for meaningful recharge unless they're really, really lengthy, which isn't super realistic for most people. And so we're really seeing employees raise these as an option, the idea of taking time off for reasons other than if there's a, a, a problem or they're having a baby and, and maybe trying to tease out whether that's a possibility for employers. Excellent. You kind of touched on this a little bit, that there can be a lot of stigma around parental leaves and those who take them. And there's also some stigma around those without children complaining about people taking parental leaves. So it can be a little bit scary to talk about. And actually, you and I have presented on this topic a bit recently, and we were surprised that the feedback was universally positive. I think the current pandemic has put a spotlight not only on mental and emotional health broadly, but also the many unique challenges that our colleagues are facing in their personal lives. But I know you've said, and I think you used it a little earlier, that you prefer the term recharge or reset leave. 
Can you talk a little bit about why vocabulary is important here? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think what we were seeing and what our concern was when we were initially talking about this is it almost pits people against each other. You know, someone who doesn't have a child versus people who have kids, parents versus non-parents. And we don't want to compartmentalize or put folks in boxes around, you know, what somebody might have or want and have them kind of looking at each other with, oh, you get this and I don't. And so by focusing really on it from a mental health perspective, which I know there's a lot of talk in the media right now, especially just looking at what just happened with the French Open, you know, it's this idea that people should be able to step away when they need to, and not just because something is wrong, but really to make sure that something doesn't become wrong. And I think when we talk about it from a recharge or reset leave, we're really focusing on preventing bad things from happening to somebody or preventing them from kind of being so desperately in need they don't have a choice. And I like the idea that we're starting to talk about this from the perspective of stepping in before, you know, it's an absolute emergency or or before an employee has under FMLA or under the state laws a serious health condition that requires them to take a leave. I'd rather be talking about this in terms of how do we avoid those types of situations by giving people the time and the recharge that they need. And one of the terms that I hear a lot, both amongst colleagues and friends, and also with a lot of our clients, is this idea of burnout and burnout being something completely separate from a mental health condition or something that is kind of pulling us into that accommodations ADA space. But burnout more generally as a term referring to this need for recharge or a moment to reset. What are your thoughts on the difference between burnout versus what some are thinking, you know, leaves for a serious health condition like a mental health issue? Yeah, you know, I think that that is a term that that we're seeing more often, especially, you know, in, in kind of the tech and startup world, you know, the idea that somebody is just so fed up or has worked to a point where they just don't want to do it anymore. And so we're really talking about something that I think happens to a lot of people, and maybe they don't recognize what it is, but if they had been given the opportunity to, to step back and refocus and recharge, then they won't get to a point where they you know, run out of, of energy or space for the role that they're in or the place where they're working. And so I definitely feel like this is a great way to start thinking, how do we prevent people from leaving? This is a great perk. It might be something that we can offer to our employees to get them to, to feel like we invest in them and, and they're invested in us and they'll, they'll want to stay long term and then they get this opportunity to step away. I, it's funny because I've been doing this for 20 years and about 10 years ago, I saw most of my employers stop using the term sabbatical. It was almost like it didn't exist anymore. And I've definitely seen a reintroduction of the concept of sabbaticals and a lot of employers refocusing on what they can do to offer this as a benefit even though I really wasn't seeing it for a very long time. And so it's really interesting that I'm drafting policies on sabbaticals now that I, and I hadn't been doing that for a while. And so we really are seeing employers go back to what they think would be a way to not only reward employees for being with them for a long time, but give them an opportunity to kind of refresh and give them lots more years. And sabbaticals are a great way to do that. That's so interesting. And I, I know you mentioned tech companies. I have certainly seen more listings, for example, I think on Indeed, there's a special listing if a company offers sabbaticals or not and what the mm -hmm. terms are for those sabbaticals. I think, as you said, there's sort of this resurgence in interest in this sabbatical or recharge leave. What other companies or industries are you seeing it in other places besides the tech space? 
across a lot of different employers. I, I wouldn't, I mean, I definitely think that the tech industries are leading on the forefront of interesting and new ways, which, you know, this one isn't really a new way, but reintroducing concepts that had maybe fallen by the wayside a little bit because they recognized the benefit of them. And so I am seeing a lot more interest in this across the board. I mean, I'm getting questions. I had a question from a retail company about, you know, bringing back sabbaticals or, or reintroducing a sabbatical program. And so I don't think it's necessarily limited to the tech space, but like most benefits, I think they tend to lead the charge of new things. And I'm putting that in air quotes that you can't see, but it is interesting that that's the driver. It, it kind of leads it. And then they, they recognize other businesses are going to have to compete with them. And so you do definitely see that kind of popping up all over the place. Excellent. I have also seen it in some startup companies and even law firms. So, <laughs> you know, hint, hint. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked a lot about these sabbaticals or recharge reset leaves. And one thing you mentioned was this being a perk that companies are offering to try to address or maybe impede burnout from even developing. So kind of catching yeah. it early. Can you talk a little more about some of the benefits generally for employers that do implement these types of leaves? Sure. I mean, I think the one thing that it speaks to is is almost a recognition of the importance of mental health. I mean, you're seeing a lot of employers putting it right there in their in their benefits or their offerings that they are viewing their employees as somebody who might have other pursuits or other things that are going on outside the workplace that aren't just limited to the way the law lays out, you know, a medical leave or a parental leave. And so what it really does is demonstrate its commitment or its interest in fostering employees beyond the four walls of the organization. I mean, you may take a reset, recharge leave to go and pursue something that you've got an interest in, like volunteering, or, um, you know, you might have something that's going on that doesn't quite meet the definition of what the law requires that you want to spend time doing. And you want to know that you're working for an employer, if that, you know, employer is giving you the ability to take care of that, that might be something that's really important to employees while they're deciding what they want to do. And, you know, one of the things that I also stress when I talk to employers about this type of a situation is that it's not designed to be mutually exclusive. You know, we talked about sort of the idea of pitting groups of people against each other and wanting to prevent that from happening. And so by offering it as an additional benefit, as opposed to a parental leave, you get this recharge leave. But no, you, you would qualify for both if you meet the eligibility requirements for both. And so it's it's something that we really would see a benefit because it's offering employees the ability to, to kind of be who they are and in whatever way they need to be and not just limit it to what the law says they have to be receiving. Excellent. And I think you touched on a few things, making sure that your policy is not mutually exclusive for one group or any group, you know, parents, non-parents. What are some of the other potential legal considerations that employers should consider when developing a pay leave policy, or maybe they aren't really legal considerations, what should employers be thinking about when preparing a policy like this? Well, the first thing that I would recommend that they think about is, you know, if they're in a jurisdiction that has law around like vacation policies, for example, we don't want them stumbling into an accidental extra vacation benefit by offering this paid leave. So they really want to be thinking about it from that perspective. And there are certainly some states where 
framing the policy in a specific way, and I'm talking really around sabbaticals, will help them avoid some of those concerns. But it's definitely something we want them to be keeping in mind, as well as that consistent enforcement of the policy. If they're really only providing this benefit to a subset of individuals and the way that they've divided that group is based on this illegally protected reason, obviously that could be really problematic. But then, like you mentioned, there are certainly things outside the law. There aren't a lot of laws that even anticipate or encourage this. You know, the laws are structured in a very specific way. There are more states that are providing for paid leave benefits, but again, they're tailored to very specific situations in an employee's life. And so when we're looking at something a little bit broader, it's how generous does the employer want to be? How are they going to ensure that they don't stumble into something that was not their intended effect? And of course, we want to make sure that whatever they're doing, that it is about kind of encouraging that retention, encouraging that recharge, recognizing that there's more to life than just working, which, you know, I think a lot of employers have a, may have a hard time with at first, but recognizing the impact and, and how it can be beneficial for their workforce, you know, I think is something that would, would turn around their impressions in the long term. I think it'll have a good result. Awesome. Yes. So we know that a full reset leave or sabbatical may not be a realistic solution for all employers or even for all employees. So I'm curious to hear about some other ideas that companies are trying to address this issue of burnout. For example, I have a client in the startup space that has an unlimited vacation policy, but is also adding a required minimum to the number of days of vacation that are taken during the year. They are a small company. They're not quite able to add a sabbatical program, but this is one way that they're trying to address these issues. What other types of benefits are you seeing? That's a great question. And I, you know, we could do a probably a separate podcast all around vacation policies and structuring them. I've certainly seen employers move to a required vacation or, or sort of a mandatory vacation concept and other types of benefits. And when we get to Ben, I'll let him fill in some of his thoughts on this as well. But I, I am seeing a lot more flexibility, I mean, sort of the recognition, especially during COVID when folks were working at home, this idea that a lot more jobs can be worked remotely than they originally thought, and a lot more jobs don't have to be worked between the hours of X and Y like they originally thought. And so we are seeing employers looking at it from a 10,000 foot perspective and seeing, are we losing productivity when we let employees work a non-traditional set of hours or working, you know, a chunk in the morning and a chunk in the afternoon? What are the impacts of that? Is that something that we can do? And then having to look at it from all different angles, from a wage and hour perspective, from a meal and rest break perspective to make sure that we're not running afoul of any issues, but employees all have different needs. And so even acknowledging that and figuring out that there might be a way that an employee could get the exact same amount of work done and be just as productive and just as awesome, but not in the very cookie cutter type of schedule is something that I think it, you know, unfortunately took COVID for a lot of employers to recognize, but I think it's really great because it does become something that they can demonstrate here. We can recruit a lot more broadly because look at how flexible we can be. And that turns out to be a really nice benefit as well. Thanks, Chelsea. Well said. Well, I think that's all we have time for in this edition, but I hope you will stick around for part two of our Child Free Leave Yes, Please podcast. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much.